This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. Thank you for joining us. And we have people who come to us for help from ages 10 to 80 in the church at every level, from senior pastor all the way down to teenager. And what we usually see is that the average age that a man first got hooked on porn was the age of eight. And what we tell people is if your son or even your daughter are eight years old and you have not had the sex talk with them, it's too late because these days... Kids are getting smartphones at a very young age, and your sweet little Jimmy is going to school with Butch, who's more than likely five, six, seven years old, and he's going to be showing those images to your kids. So it's critical that we talk to our kids at a young age, and that's not fun. We would rather have those conversations at a later age, but that's not the reality of the world we live in. So today I have Christian Jensen with us. She is the author of Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. She is the founder of DefendYoungMinds.com and is a mother of three and a grandmother of two who currently lives with her husband in Washington State. So Christian, Christian, thank you for joining us on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. It's good to, good to be here talking with you. So let's jump right in. What triggered you to write good pictures, bad pictures? Yeah, what's a nice girl like me (laughs) thinking about porn every day? Um, Well, what happened was I uh, met a woman who was a mother of a large family, and she called me up one night and just wanted to talk. And she told me this horrific story about her oldest son, who was 17 at the time, and that they had found out that he had been sexually molesting his younger brothers and sisters from the 14-year-old down to the 4-year-old, and uh, pornography was definitely involved in all of that. So I woke up the next morning, and I just had this um, I, this thought kept coming to me that I needed to look for a resource uh, that parents can use to t- tell their kids how dangerous pornography is. So I went online, of course, went to Amazon and everything, looked and looked for a book, but I couldn't find any. And so as I did more research, I just became convinced that I needed to write a book, a read-aloud book, that parents could read to their kids to warn them about the dangers of pornography. And that's how I got started. Mm. The 17-year-old, do you happen to know when his first exposure to porn was? Um, I believe he was 12. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I have heard so many stories. I I just heard you say that eight 
was a, a, an average age. I have heard so many stories from uh, kids, even you know, from adults even younger than that. So um, I do agree that we need to be talking to kids about sex earlier. But I've written my book so that you can read them to children even before you begin those sex talks, because often children are online at very young ages. And you've written two books. One is Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and then there's a second one, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior. What is the difference between the two? So the junior one is for ages three to six, and I wrote it after my first book. Uh, It's very simple, lots of pictures, um, very fun for kids ages three to six, but in a very simple way. It teaches kids what pornography is, and we really we use the word bad pictures, um, and so give a simple definition, why they're harmful, and then what to do if you see them. And mm-hmm. so we give kids a definition, a warning, and a plan. And those three things are in both books uh, because kids need to understand what they're up against so they're not caught off guard. They need to have a plan in place, and they need to have reasons for rejecting pornography. Mm. So that's what the books do. The older book goes into the thinking brain and the feeling brain and how the brain becomes addicted to these pictures and these videos. I'm looking at page 37 in your first book, and you have a can-do plan shown here. Share what that's about. Yeah, so, you know, when kids are in school, they practice all kinds of drills, right? You know, for fire fire drills, earthquake drills, uh, and even, you know, shooter uh, drills. So um, this is a drill for pornography. So when a child sees pornography, they need to, um, the first three steps, you know, the first one is see, which is, Close your eyes, right? Stop looking at it um, as soon as you possibly can. And then the rest of the steps are, you know, really, again, you know, what a child should do at the upon exposure and then what a child should do when those memories keep popping back up in their mind, how they can neutralize those memories. And that's really all part of the can-do plan, um, and it's explained in the book. And it's a very, um, you know, it's a tool. It's a, it's a, it's a weapon in a, in a sense. It's a drill, so the kids aren't aren't caught off guard. They know exactly what to do when they see pornography. Um, there was a little boy. His he was nine years old. His mom read him good pictures, bad pictures. Three days later, he went to school, and when he was in the playground on the playground, a friend came up with a smartphone and showed him pornography. And he recognized it, he knew what it was, he knew it was dangerous, and he knew exactly what to do. He went home, and he told his mom, and he said, I was scared, but I knew what to do. And so kids are scared. They don't understand what they're seeing. And some of the pornography is, as you know, is very violent, and um, it's scary to kids. And so it's such a gift to be able to give them a plan and help them know exactly what to do when they see pornography. 
Mm. When my son was eight, I gave him the sex talk and told him about pornography, and I told him, you will be exposed to porn. It's not a matter of if, it's when. And then just two weeks later, he went to a stayover with a bunch of Christian boys at a Christian home, and they, at midnight, they watched some sexually provocative material. So, and I told him, after, as soon as you're exposed to this, I want you to come and tell me, because when you keep it a secret, that gives it its strength and its power. But as soon as you tell somebody else, that breaks that hold. And I love what you have here. Always tell a trusted adult. That is so critical. Yep. Yep. And they need to know who those trusted adults are because you might not be the, you might not be right there with them or, you know, if they're over with grandma or grandpa, whatever. Um, the whole family and anyone that your child is with needs to be aware uh that they are that they are a trusted adult, and the kid might you know need to come to them. But yeah, sleepovers are dangerous. Uh, honestly, um, I I stop letting my kids have sleepovers or do go to sleepovers. I would just do a late over, you know, where they could go, and um, then I'd pick them up at ten or eleven, and then you know I'd bring them back in the morning for breakfast if they wanted to. Uh, but it was, um, they can be very dangerous, especially if the parents where they're sleeping over uh, aren't really, you know, watching carefully and, or if there's somebody else in the house that might, you know, not unheard of that there could be some um, sexual abuse going on at some of these things. So be careful out there. It, it is, it is something you don't want to think about, but our kids deserve, you know, our best protection. So on the on the note of always tell a trusted adult, how critical is it that when a child comes to his parent and says, I was exposed to this, that the parent does not rip their head off? Yeah, that's very important. Um, we actually have a, a guide that we call, you know, my kids saw porn, now what? And, and we have this smart plan. Um, and the first, you know, S stands for stay calm. Uh, because most parents will experience a lot of emotions when they find out that their child has seen porn, whether they catch them or whether the child comes to them and, and, and tells them. Um, you need to stay calm. You don't actually have to address it in that moment. You can say, thank you for telling me. I need to think about this a little bit, and then we're going to talk a little bit more later on. And I always... Um, advice that the parent, you know, deal with their own feelings and emotions first um, and then deal with the pornography problem and the exposure. Because if you freak out, that's the end of that child really opening up to you. Amen. Um, or not the end. I, you know, we all get second chances, but I'm saying it's, it, it doesn't help. It's much better to be be um, stay calm and you can you know some parents I had a mom call me up one time she was uh, lived close by and she was crying so hard I could not even understand what she was saying so I went over to her house I knocked on her door uh, she didn't answer I knew she was in there I opened the door I found her in her master bathroom just sobbing and she had found out that her 14 year old you know, 
the iPad that her 14-year-old was using, you know, they looked at the history and they found that he was looking at pornography. And um, she wanted to go to the school right then, pull him out, say, what are you doing? Shake him, you know. And I said, you can take 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours to calm down and make a plan, which is the second step. Make a plan for how you're going to talk with your child, what questions you need to have answered. And I would say do it in a drip, drip, drip method. I would not sit them down for an hour-long interrogation. I would make it as comfortable as possible. Um, You will get more truth if you do it this kind of drip, drip, drip method than you will if you just go in for the big interrogation. Um, So we have a lot of other, we have a list of questions that you might want to ask in that guide on defendyoungminds.com and a lot of other questions that are answered uh, from experts, really, like, um, you know, should I have my child describe what they saw? Um, Parents have asked us that. We've had expert therapists answer that question. and anyway, a lot of a great resource uh, for helping uh, yourself and your child with the best possible outcome when you find out that they have been looking at pornography or just were exposed by a friend. Because, Mike, you don't want to say, you're never going to, you know, play with that kid ever again. Um, that's, again, that's like punishing your child. Um, so you got to think it through and come up with a plan. Uh, that uh, that will really in the be be a long game, right? A long term plan for helping your child reject pornography. A little while back, I spoke at a Christian meeting and uh, about the sex and the porn issues, and talked about youth too. And then a mom came up to me, and she told me that her thirteen year old daughter had been asking her questions about sex, and the mom at told the daughter, I don't want to answer these questions. We don't need to talk about sex right now. What would your response have been to her? To the mother? Yep. I would say that any time your child exhibits the courage and the trust to ask you questions about sex, that you say, thank you, yes, I will be happy to talk to you. And again, if you have to prepare, that is fine. You know, get the questions and say, you know what, can I think about this for a few minutes or let's talk about this tomorrow at this specific time, but never shut them down because, sorry, that girl will go somewhere else to get her questions answered and it won't be the place you want her to go. That's right. And that's what I told her. I told her, you do not want her getting this information about sex from her peers. You, you want to be the one to educate her on this and through God's word. Not, you, know, you do not want her going for her girlfriends on this. So I'm yeah, going to go ahead. Yeah. Everything out there is teaching that girl that her body is a thing, you know, yep. that her body is an object and that she is just a compilation of body parts. And we talk a little bit about, on a very you know, simple level, that pornography teaches um, your brain that 
people are objects and not, you know, and not real people that have feelings and deserve to be respected and treated kindly. So, you know, the more I see out there, the more I realize that parents need to begin these conversations early and they need to develop in their children a disposition to value their own body, no matter what size or shape it is, to value the miracle of their body and to not objectify other people and to, again, know the know um, that pornography teaches lies about sex. And we can get into that. That's so important as you talk to children about sex to teach them, well, this is healthy sex and this is porn sex. And they're completely opposite. But most parents haven't quite thought that through. But healthy sex is loving. It builds emotional bonds. It's selfless. It values the whole individual, you know, not just the parts. (laughs) It's real, uplifting, it's empowering. But porn sex is the complete opposite. It's often violent. It leads to isolation. It's selfish. It's dehumanizing, like I said, objectifying, it's fantasy, artificial, degrading, and addicting. And so if kids could get that clear delineation between what healthy sex is all about and what it can do for a relationship and what porn sex and how it can destroy a relationship, then your kids are going to have more, you know, reasons to reject pornography, more good arguments against it. And they really need that as they get a little older. Mm. Kristen, four years ago, we ran a billboard campaign in Colorado Springs, where we were based at the time. And the billboards simply said, struggling with porn, you're not alone. So our 66% of the men in church, and then it had the URL to our website. And 90% of the responses we got were furious Christian parents reaming us for how dare you force me to talk to my nine-year-old about pornography. So this is, a, unfortunately, this is a lot of the church under the hood that we see. What do you think is going on there that a lot of Christian parents are running away from this issue and even inflamed and infuriated to have to deal with it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't think they totally understand how dangerous it is. And... Second of all, they just don't know how to deal with it. So they do feel backed up against the wall with no resources. So that's why it's so important to provide resources for parents. And that's why we do that on DefendYoungMinds.com. And we have free guides. How do, we have a free guide called How to Talk to Kids About Pornography um, that you can download. But I understand that uh, it, it's, That anger is coming from fear, I believe. Fear of, uh, you know, their kids uh, getting into that, fear of just not knowing how to deal with that problem. And so just kind of wanting to, uh, you know, close their eyes, close their ears, ignore, you know, put your head in the sand. Um, I was at a, a, a Christian pastor's conference a children's pastors conference um, in October. And, 
you know, we talked, there was probably 2,500 people there, and um, it was so interesting because the people that stopped, we'd often hear stories. They had already been hurt by pornography. Maybe their marriage had been ruined by it. Maybe their children had gotten into it. But um, many of them had a story, and many of them wanted to do something about it, but they just didn't have resources. So, again, I think getting more resources out, excuse me, out to parents is so important because it empowers them and then they're not so afraid. Um, If you look on uh, the thousands of Amazon reviews that uh, we have on the books, one of the the main comment is it's so, like it was so comfortable. Reading this book was so comfortable. And um, that's what we're trying to do is making it more, more comfortable for parents to have these discussions that are going to be so, so helpful and empowering to their children because you're right, they will see it and either they get pulled into it or they'll know how to reject it. Mm. Well, and I think to me, some of that shock, and I hear this all the time from people, is we never hear sex mentioned at church. We don't hear pornography mentioned at church. So if if you've been to church for years or decades and we hear this story all the time and my church doesn't talk about it, and then your your child comes up and says, I just got slammed with this. It is going to be more of a shock. Yeah. Yes, and I think that, I think churches, you know, should address this because it's such a problem. It's affecting families, kids, marriages. Um, it's actually, there's research that says it's, it's, you know, one of the leading causes of divorce, internet addiction, uh, and also there's some uh, studies out of Germany that show that, uh, and really I think they've established a causal connection between, you know, more pornography consumed and less uh, marriage. So the marriage rate is going down, and they wanted to find out why, and they figured that pornography was actually a big part of it, of why people aren't getting married. And you know, porn does not set you up for a happy marriage. <laughs> and um, so, and I'm sure you can attest, I mean, that is something that I know you work with a lot, is healing from that. And uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a generation of kids that grew up free from pornography? But um, it's it's a predator out there, a digital predator. And we need to step up and teach our kids uh, you know, they need to know what pornography is, why it's harmful, and what to do when they see it. And that's why we have a book for three- to six-year-olds, because guess what? Every three-year-old seems to be on an iPad. Mm. And so, and if they're not at your house on an iPad, maybe they're going to go to their cousin's house and, and be on an iPad, right? So uh, we need to warn children. They deserve it. Uh, no, no kid deserves to face the porn industry alone. And that's what's happening now. But we can change that. We can come alongside them and talk to them and use the resources that are available um, to help them and to empower them to defend themselves. I call it digital defense skills, Mm. which is what our kids need. Yeah, we have um, youth on our show, and I hate the numbers that show that three-quarters of youth are walking away from the church and I've asked them point blank, why do you think youth are walking in the way? And they say, we're not getting equipped. We're not hearing in areas about areas about 
spiritual warfare and sex and pornography and all the things, the occult and all the things they're struggling with. So I love what you're doing. And so, Christian, Kristen, 25 seconds, anything you want to say? I'll just say that it's not as hard as you think to start this conversation and um, also to share this, these resources with your friends, especially the families of the kids that your, your kids play with. Now, you can empower them. You can help them know what pornography is, why it's harmful, and what to do when they see it. And that will set them up to reject pornography, to know why they need to reject pornography, and to really grow up happier and healthier um, and stronger. Mm. So I, I would just invite people to come to DefendYoungMinds.com, check out all of our, our downloadable guides, our books. And uh, if there are any therapists in the audience, um, I just wrote a new book called uh, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, uh, Guide to Counseling Kids. So anyway, those are a lot of resources, and it really isn't as hard as you think once you get started. Well, thank you, Kristen, and thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.